This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Back to the show, guys. It's Titus, your host with my co-host and brother, Thomas. And we're here today with a very special guest, Ricky Nicholas. Um, I'm super excited to hear about him and, and talk to him and listen to the background and history. And he is active military right now. And my, my kids are playing volleyball and just smashed the volleyball against the window. We almost died right now. <laughs> this is how we like these. So we're all, we're loosed up. Now we're ready to go. Thomas has had a little flinch going on there. But anyways, how's it going, Ricky? It's good to have you on the podcast today. Man, I'm, I'm going, going well and happy to be here, man. Been hearing about it for a long time. Just excited to be a part of it. Yeah, we're, we're uh, privileged and honored to have you on here and glad this worked out and it was kind of funny, a little bit of the text conversation we were having the other day. Um, it just kind of came out. I mean, we've kind of semi been introduced through text, but to talk in person is just obviously, or you, or on the phones, way better than text. But uh, we'd like to hear and about your background and what you got going on in your life before we dive into the other stuff. Sounds good, man. A little bit about myself. Again, my name is Ricky Nicholas. I'm from South Louisiana. And I'm a father, um, a waterfowl hunter, and I'm a part of 24-7 Hunt and on the marketing team at Gator Tail Outboards. So I'm kind of spread out throughout the outdoor community. Um, simply put, man, I, I love my kids. I love my ducks, man. So that's the, the foundation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I've been in the military for 20 years now, two Mondays wow. ago. I joined the Louisiana National Guard um, right after September 11th happened. I knew I wanted to serve, but also knew I wanted to live somewhat of a normal country boy life. And mm-hmm. Louisiana National Guard just kind of solved that, scratched that itch, allowed for me to get a little bit of military stuff going on, but also allowed for me to 
to hunt, man. So, yeah. So you born and raised there in Louisiana? I was born in Houston. I okay. stayed there for about four years um, and went back home to Louisiana. My family is originally from Louisiana, but born in Houston, was back in Louisiana in 1988, four years old. Okay. So. What are you What are you doing? And <clears throat> I didn't recognize the MOS that you had <clears throat> um, for the Guard or for the Army National Guard. What is What is your actual job title now? My current job title is 79 Tango Recruiter. Oh, you're a recruiter. Okay. Yeah. That's my, that might have not, might have been why I didn't recognize that when I was like, what is that? <laughs> how do you, yeah. how do you like that? <clears throat> I enjoy it, man. I, it's a new challenge every day. Uh, you get to meet new people every day and you're not stuck in the same office every single day. You get to kind of travel around and, and just be out in the community. So mm. yeah, feels good, man. Feels free. Feels. Uh, I got a quick question about you. You know, you're saying from South Louisiana, um, me and Titus made the journey out there to pick up our gator tail and it was quite, quite the road trip, but it was such a scenery change, um, coming into Louisiana, especially Southern Louisiana, um, with just the terrain, basically water everywhere and basically boats everywhere. Like I've never seen that many boats. I mean, if you don't have a boat, it's like you don't have a car type of thing. What was that like uh, growing up in that? Is it is it kind of like a culture, um, or is it just the norm, or or what? Man, for me, I grew up as a a deer hunter. You know, my dad lived in Houston, I lived in Louisiana, and my hunting was really deer hunting. We'd link up in North Louisiana and we'd hunt deer, and the boats they're really like in close proximity to the bayous and the coastal lines, and I was like. 20 minutes north of the coast. So I didn't see a whole bunch. Um, I didn't really fall into that world until 2006. And then I was like, man, this is a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. But Louisiana is one of those states that every 30 minutes, there's somewhat of a change of culture and somewhat of a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. So when you guys went down to Lauraville, Lake Charles, and you roll along the coast, I mean, that, a lot of those guys are fishermen, mm-hmm. um, big in recreation. <laughs> so it's just a big part of the life down there. Yeah. It just seemed like you could spend your whole life on a boat down there, you know, on the water somewhere, you know, almost, sure, getting, almost getting lost out there. You know, it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, Louisiana is known, uh, I guess, for its, its seafood and coastal life and fishing and crabbing and camp life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the play the whole summer is get off of school and head to the camp, you know, mm-hmm. and do that thing. Cook, tube, fish, crab, shrimp. Mm-hmm. It's just the culture down there, man. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hang out, have a good time. <clears throat> I wish we would. I yeah. wish we would have more time when we were down there. It was the, that was a gauntlet because we had to get back. We had to leave at a certain time, and then we had to get back by a certain time. And it was thirty hours there, and I think we spent. Wow. And we just straight. I think what did we take a four hour break? Rented a room for like four hours, slept, and then got back on the road again. Something like that. Going yeah, there, something like that. I don't remember. And then. We got there, and what did we spend at the Gator Tail Factory? Like, not even two hours, probably. <laughs> if that, and it, yeah. and the time we spent, we almost felt bad because Bubba was walking us through everything, and it was like we got there at the, towards the end of the day, and he was trying to get off, you know. And his wife's calling his him. His wife's <laughs> calling him. I, I, we all know that feeling, right? And, you know, so, but it was, it was really cool. It was yeah. awesome to go see where they make um, all the Gator Tails. It was a pretty cool factory. 
Yeah, we, man, I wish I, I wish I got a chance to link up with y'all, man, and, and really dive in it. I know, and we really the bummer is, and I, I was telling Jared, um, he was just on the podcast uh, recently too, and I was telling him that, you know, I wish we would have got more time and we weren't rushed because we wanted to, I wanted to see the factory. I know probably Thomas did see how everything was made, even maybe do a video on it, but it was just like we had. We were just crunch time. We yeah. had to get it done. Yeah. And we were there not even two hours. Bubba walked us through his little trophy room, which was amazing. <laughs> and he's he's saying he need, all he needs left for that 41 is a cinnamon till. And I told him, hey, come out. So, But anyways, hit the road yeah. and boom. I mean, it was straight back again. So, I'm not even going to mention on the air what Bubba was willing to do for a cinnamon till. Oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> not something you can utter, huh? <laughs> He seemed Seven pretty gung ho about it. I'm surprised he didn't come out this year because he yeah. said he wants to kill it I in wish California. He would have. Huh? I wish he yeah. would have. I know. We actually got into quite a fit. We did towards the end last of the year and this year. We were we were on him again. I mean, not as. I mean, we could have been honestly. Mm -hmm. It was pretty common to go out. You could almost shoot him every time. Mm -hmm. Honestly, my That's crazy. Dude. The, the vet hunt. <clears throat> um, I shot three. I just couldn't pass him up. Even though I was like trying to do a mixed, highly mixed bag, I just couldn't pass him up. But <laughs> did you guys get a chance to meet Kyle when you were down there, Fiona? Uh, no, I don't think he was there when we were there, Kyle Broussard. I've yeah. talked to him on the phone, but no, we didn't. I'll tell you, dude, the, the main thing that sold me when I went there to pick up my first rig back in 2010 was just how he shook my hand and was just excited to see me. Huh. And once you learn him and kind of deal with him and get to know him and you get to understand his attitude, that's really what makes me have trust in Gator Tail and just how the whole ship is ran. Because hmm. who he is as a person is like how he runs that company and how he pours everything into it. Just pours everything into it, dude. Makes you look at the motor different. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, we had a, I don't remember when it was. It was probably like six months before season and we did a phone call and we were talking about stuff and just how everything was going to work out and whatever. And he he was kind of asking like, you know, we don't have nothing on that West coast, but that's where we like stuff. Are you, how are you with mechanics? And I said, well, I've always, I was a mechanic in the military on Blackhawks, but I mean, I know it's different, but I, I can do the basic stuff. He was talking about, you know, transmission oil change, regular oil change, mm -hmm. you know, just that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I've, me and my brother definitely can do that. Cause he was really, he wanted to make sure he goes, not that I'm concerned anything's going to break, but I, you know, I want you guys to be taken care of. So he was, he's definitely, I could tell he's very passionate about <clears throat> helping people and making sure stuff sure, works. Man. For sure. So, how you, was y'all's season? Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, how was you guys' season with it? Um, at least for me, it was. It's been my best season yet. Partly due to um, I had a job um, change a little bit. I was able to hunt more this year than I have been in the past. But I think I think overall. Um, I think it was a good year for, for the Central Flyway in general, you know, in our Pacific area. Flyway. Or excuse me, Pacific Flyway. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think the timing of some of our trips that we took this year and then just around our home base, um, overall we did pretty well, I, I think. Yeah, that boat he was you were saying with the with the boat too, right? Um, I mean, right. Like how was, how was the adjustment period of not having a gator tail and then owning one and then operating it and, you know, being in full go mode with it. So I will say one thing that was kind of a bummer this year is some of the areas that we were wanting to hit with the boat. 
were affected because of um, some dry conditions, you know, lack of water. Mm -hmm. So we had to kind of adjust there and pivot. Um, But, you know, the times that we did use the boat um, and the opportunities we did have, I mean – it, it it's just leaps and bounds. I mean, it's it's a whole. It opens up a whole nother world, right? I mean, um, there it is a lot different um, than what we were used to. But I mean, you know, duck hunting is duck hunting. If you know how to get, you know, get on birds, you'll get on birds. The difference was, you know, some of the areas that we went to had different challenges and just scouting in general, I guess. And that just comes down to putting in time, um, in scouting really. Yeah. Um, but the, the freedom that comes along with having a boat is just amazing. My biggest, my biggest thing was, um, and Canton's already said already, but we have grown up on the refuges out here in California. And if, if anybody knows and a lot do that, listen to this, it's, it's, you, I had, I can't tell you how many times I've been have people around me a hundred yards in every way, you know. Right. And you're trying, you can't work birds. That's why, well, why you guys, you know, passionate this and that. It's like, well, you cannot work, you cannot work a bird, you cannot because every time, got everybody on the ground is calling and all these things are going on. People are shooting, you know, even if they're five hundred yards away, those shots flare the birds. But it was like with this boat, it was just like I felt like, and I know Thomas did too. It was just like we were in our own world so many different times. You know, not every time we right. were real successful, but I can tell you there is a stack of birds. A majority of the birds I shot this year. <laughs> that wouldn't have been there. That would not have been there yeah. without this boat. Mm-hmm. And Got it. I mean, yeah, it was, as, that, as, that Aladdin, actually... as, as Aladdin would say, a whole new world, <laughs> man. It was awesome. That would actually be interesting to uh, go through your your years um, stats and see uh-huh. what birds were sh- basically shot off the boat yeah. versus I need not. to keep that like as part yeah. of the little tracker thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It, it's somehow, a game changer. I somehow started a little small little mini campaign. It just, it kept on popping up. Every time I go to write a caption, my boat is my Duckley's. And when I actually thought That's about cool. that concept, <laughs> like man, like That's awesome. That is pretty good. This this was a game changer. This this put me in a fight, you know? Yeah. It it, it actually made me not a duck sitter anymore. It made me a duck hunter. I'm actually <laughs> pursuing the duck and not hoping that he comes to my lease. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's so, deep that's deep right there, yeah, actually. Dude, it Hey, that's the truth, though. Like, yeah, you. We were going to the birds. It's yeah. like you run the rivers, yes. wherever yeah. it's the Snake or the yes. Columbia or the Bite or wherever you're at. Yeah. You're going to them, and man, I never even thought about it like that. That's totally why it yeah. ups you so much. Yeah, yes. that's 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 yeah. very well said. And I, yeah, I wrote because that down. A lot of times you hear people like, "Ah, this year's garbage. This year's not good," and they basically right. just go to the same place that they've been. <laughs> exactly, forever. man. It's like, well, it'll be good once the birds go to where you hunt, but the birds are still here. They're just not where you go and hunt at. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Man. And a lot of guys are at a different stage in their waterfowl journey. Some guys, man, they just want consistency. They want a comfortable blonde. They want steady mm-hmm. coffee, and they want yeah. the same old spot. Yeah. you know. And if they happen to see a duck... They happen to see a duck. Yeah. And some guys actually accept the challenge and 
yeah. really want to go and, and, and see the world. They want to see what the birds see. They want to really get out in those crevices and, yeah. and, and enjoy that, that chapter of it, uh-huh. which just yeah. sounds like where you and I are. It's like, it, man, we want to totally. be on the front lines. We yeah. want to be on the front lines in their face and, <laughs> and we want to, we want to, we want to witness it. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. And I mean, like yeah. how sick is it? Uh, you know, I've had a boat on and off my whole life from when my dad had it to when I uh, had like a bass boat. And it's like, how sick is it to take something you're the most passionate about, which is duck hunting, and then add a boat, which is fun anyways, and ripping through the water, throwing that big rooster tail down the most beautiful God-made creation, and you're chasing yes. ducks. Like, how good does it get? You know? Right. Either whether it, I'm watching Thomas drive it or I'm driving it, it's just like, this is surreal, man. Like, I don't know if that leaves or not. There's a boat involved. You got birds. I'm a photographer also. So you got birds, the killing portion of it. You got photography. You got the boat riding. You got breakfast, which means one of the four is going to happen every duck hunt. Mm-hmm. And every duck hunt, I, I'm at 100. I, like I, I have received the entire experience. Mm-hmm. One of those four will hit. And then, too, when you're going new places, you're basically on an adventure, yeah. you know, <laughs> basically. From a military, From a military standpoint, man, Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. The same way I felt rolling out of the wire in the Humvee with my guys is the same way I feel leaving a boat launch with my guys. <laughs> it's just like, so I feel true. alive again, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we, we're on a full-out mission. Let's get it, you know? <laughs> I know. I, I don't know how you, I mean, I know you guys laugh and cut up or whatever, and we do the same thing too, but I wonder how your guys' mentality is when, like you said, you're at the launch. Is it? It's no messing around. It's like, do what you got to do. Everybody plays a part. Let's roll kind of thing. So, you guys are very familiar with people having wild inputs, right? Through social media comments, direct mm-hmm. messages, right? Mm-hmm. They assume that because we have fun, we're not killing the ducks, right? Mm. Not always the case, man. Um, the guys I hunt with, I mean, Daryl Moore is out of Camden, Arkansas. And to me, he's one of the hardest duck hunters in the state of Arkansas. He has several 60-day seasons. And he's weird about ducks, man. Like, he is absolute crazy about ducks. He makes me a better duck hunter because of his drive. His drive affects my drive. Mm-hmm. 
And then you look at Renard Moody, who has, you know, one of the craziest drives out in Georgia. He's from Macon, Georgia. He's one of the hardest hunting guys I know. Like, he'll make a 12-hour run for one morning hunt. Uh You don't find a lot of guys that want to do that, can afford to do that, Uh are in position everywhere you look at it to be able to do that. Uh And one of the biggest questions we get is, why can't we hunt with you? Why can't we hunt with you? This is such a deep conversation, man, because first off, you have to you have to have a duck account. Like you have to be able to run. If we're in North Oklahoma and the weather is just right in, in central Kansas, everybody's got to kind of check their money to be able to hit the road. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to be able to run with guys that can one have the off time, have the family support, uh, supportive wives at home mm-hmm. and in the duck account that could afford it or. If two guys can't go, that I means we got to stay here and, and, and try to scrap it out and say North Oklahoma or North Texas or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that group of guys makes it special. So when you talk about how much they play, mm-hmm. when it comes to the actual planning, getting out there, man, their, their drive is on 10. So Renard will wake me up at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yes, he's playing. Yes, he has the music on. Yes, he's dancing. But he's also fully dressed at 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, Daryl. Yeah. He, he takes a little while to get started, like a hot rod. But once you get him to the launch, mm-hmm. bro, he gone. <laughs> you know, he 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 gone. He's all in. Mm-hmm. So it's how, just a drive, man. Yeah. How was your season this year? How'd you how'd you do? I think I had one of the best seasons of my life. Um, like you guys, I probably hunted more this year than any other year. So I learned a lot this year. Uh, it was, I think, drought circumstances for us as well for November and December. The rivers were ridiculously low. I mean, we literally dang near repelled up hills to get in off the river uh, into some of the areas in Arkansas. Huh. I guess what made it good in certain states was if you found water and you got the hole, you were almost guaranteed a good hunt. Mm. In other states, I mean, you didn't get to the water if you didn't gain the hole. Like, say, Arkansas, we had to hunt oxbows the first half of the season. There's only so many oxbows, and every oxbow is named. Everybody's chasing it. Everybody has that as their plan. So it's very competitive. And mm-hmm. the competitive side of duck hunting kind of takes it away from me a little bit because mm-hmm. it kind of makes it work. Um, so that first half of the season was, was good if we got the hole. It wasn't good if we didn't get the hole. Um, and as the water came in the woods and you kind of start to spread out. The hunts were okay mid-season, but then late season it got hot again. Mm. So we we put in miles, man. I probably have nine thousand miles in my truck this year from this duck season. Oh, yeah. And I guess another thing about the team is they're willing to drive four hours to go look at look at a hole. Mm-hmm. That changes things. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys aren't willing to leave a spot that has a couple of birds to go look at a hole and see if it has water. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. But and that- we drove around several. Hmm? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. We drive around every year. We'll explore a new state and have zero expectations. And we'll just find the launch, log it in on X, mm-hmm. go walk out some holes, even if it doesn't have water, check the river level, document that. That way, when that state river does hit right, mm-hmm. we can pull up overnight, you know? Because I think a duck report's really only good about 36 hours. Mm-hmm. That's it. After that, it, it dwindles down. The birds move. The X always moves, seems like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how much do you think, how much success do you th- think that that's given you guys over the years to be able to have basically not just you, you know, 
going out there and scouting, but basically you're working with a team and you guys can basically spread out. You guys can give information. Um, I mean, to me, that's huge to have a team of guys like that. It is, man, because if one guy can get out there on the Thursday and check water levels or, you know, or scout, that allows for some of the other guys to, you know, check elsewhere or keep their jobs and their wives and roll in, you know, late that Friday night. I can't tell you how many times we picked up one of our guys from the boat launch at three in the morning coming straight from work, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and to have enough guys on the team with that much firepower to yeah. be able to cover down. Mm-hmm. That saves some hunts, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think, I don't think it's that we're harder than some people we know at all, me and my brother, but like it's, it's, it's positioning in job and life, right? So yes. Thomas has a job, because I would never go around saying, oh, we're, we're harder, we push whatever. But I will say, Thomas pushes as hard as I do, but he has a job that can we can do that and I have the job that we can take the time to do that kind of stuff. And that's you saying you have, that's pretty incredible to have four or five, six guys mm-hmm. that are all like that. That's, yeah. that's pretty yes. nuts, man. That's some serious it's, coverage. It's, it's three for sure. And some of them come in at one week spurts here and there. So it's, it's like maybe seven guys total, but yeah. you know, three of them can show up every single report every, every time. Like I, I'll tell you how a weather system works. I'll get a, a phone call from Renard on Monday saying that Saskatchewan is a negative three. Now I get a call from Daryl on Tuesday saying, Hey, Nebraska's at 17. Then I get a call from one of my local guys saying, Hey, Oklahoma's going to be in the teams, you know, and it just works its way down and playing strikes up. We're rolling, you know, and that, that freedom right there is everything. Dude. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's a blessing. <laughs> That's, oh, I, I don't know how else to I feel say blessed. It. <laughs> I feel blessed. Yeah, I do too, man. This, I just, I think this year, me, me and Jared were talking. It was like this year at the end of it. Usually, I'm kind of like, I think I'm done. You know, like I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I hunted super hard and whatever. But like this year, I, I hunted more days than I ever have, and was in the boat. I remember talking before season. We're like, do you think we're gonna be in the boat? How many times this year do you think we'll hunt out of the boat? And it was like, oh my goodness, I don't even know. I lost count. But um, uh, this the end of this year. I was just kind of like, I'm not really burnt this year. Like, and I went harder than I ever have, and I still won a few more weeks, man. But yeah, yeah, just gotta That's prep awesome, and yeah. and do better and make better plans for next year. You know, I think partly that comes from what Ricky was saying earlier. Not only just success, but but options. And yeah. and you knew, like, I know right now. If I really need a good hunt, I know I know I can go a couple hours here, a couple hours there, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a great hunt. Versus, you're basically at the mercy of everything else. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much take matters into your own own hands mm-hmm. if you're willing to spend the time and and money to go somewhere. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and, there, and, you, man. and there's times when it's just as good right in our backyard. So. Mm-hmm that can change things too, but that's not always the case because every year is different, you know? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure, man. I learned a lot this year, dude. Oh, man. Well, give us some give us some illustrations. Hunting river miles, for example. I would never hunt a river mouth, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, when you think birds would be there versus when they're actually there. So, like, 
I learned that like, I used to avoid lakes whenever they had 20 mile an hour winds, 30 mile an hour winds at the front of a storm. <clears throat> so I would kind of stay away from it. But I, I got an 18 foot day to tell. It, you know, you, you throttle back a little bit. Um, you get the point of that ball up, put on your life jacket, you ease across the river early. And those birds, like when they first come to the state, a fresh push of birds, they'll hang out in the river mouth because I guess they go straight to the lake. Lake's too rough, so they go to the river mouth. And you can bang them out on the river mouth that first morning. And then the second day, they kind of work their way into the pockets. And so just kind of having an idea of, of when fresh birds are coming in, um, and where they're more than likely going to be, and then where not to go that very next day to, to get better success. So just things like that. Mm. Um, and so many times I went hunting and I didn't adjust. I just went hunting. Mm-hmm. I picked the spot, got there, stayed there, hunted four days in a row and went hunting. And just understanding a lot better, a lot more from from the different hunts, you know, on how the X shifts according to weather patterns, and and yeah. trying to stay on it. So. That that takes. I mean, you said it. Experience. I mean, like, either you got to document it, write it down, or you got to have a really good <coughs> memory, you know, memory bank to yeah. put that in there because that stuff is priceless. I mean, that information right there alone, what you just said, is that's priceless to know because right. it's, you know, that's true, you know? I'm borderline scared to say it on the air, man. <laughs> right, like right. Huge. I know. I know. And that's, that's again, you because, right, you know, if someone really takes that to heart and really wants to learn and pays attention, they're going to write that down in their book right now listening to this, and it's going to help them instantly, whereas it took you how long to learn that, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, but I mean, there's a point you want, you want to help and, and you want to, I don't know, either way, even if you know little tricks like that, it's still, you still got to learn it. Mm-hmm. You still got to put it to work. And, and and the thing is, is like you said, when you're getting a push of birds and if, if that's what they do is go to the mouth of the river like that, you still got to know when, when the time's in, time's right. Regardless. In, in which river mouth. Yeah, which river mouth. So in all reality, <laughs> you still got to do a ton of work, yeah. you know. So if you bring scout. back to the basics, the basics is enjoying the process, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. right? I enjoy the process. And then the second thing is being okay with scratching. Once you finally get okay with scratching, which comes with being able to hunt more, but if you're okay with scratching, then it'll it'll allow for you to hunt a spot that you're kind of questionable on mm-hmm. and get data on it. You know? yeah. That's something that happened this year. We had a lot of grand slams this season, but we also had a lot of strikeouts this season. Mm-hmm. And we also had a couple of grand slams that came from places that we normally would have otherwise not hunted that turned into grand slams that, you know, so that, that changed the results as well. Mm. So not being scared to have a horrible hunt. I know I'm still getting over, like, it doesn't crush me, but like, I will tell you this, this year when we went um, uh, to Idaho, it was new ground, new turf where we know it's not going to be successful every day. That's just the reality of when you go somewhere new, there's no way I don't. I've been hunting long enough. I already know that, but we had, it was, it was pretty rough. Like I thought we'd, you know, get on them, then kind of lose them a little bit and then get back on them. And it was just like, and we, I mean, we did shoot birds every day, but it was a little rougher, a big learning curve. Uh, But that was the price we were willing to pay. Like you said, I mean, how in the world are you going to know whether you want to go there again or not go there again and how it is to experience those places if you don't ever do it. And again, the biggest right. factor is, can you do that? Can you afford? And I think a lot of people are always trying to find, like you said, the home run. 
every time they go out and it's like that's just not hunting that's just not the reality of it you know whether you hunt on a refuge that's right. only open a couple of days a week or if you go somewhere you can go seven days a week and you just pick and choose when you can go you know right but i will tell you this we we still learned a lot you're still cl- collecting data like you said and for sure know, whatever we went we were doing that and i i think do you think it was a big learning curve with that boat i don't feel like it really was i feel like it I think it just brought more success, really. I mean, I know there's stuff we learned, but... Yeah. I think maybe just more experience on hunting, you know, bigger bodies of waters, rivers, lakes, that type of stuff. Maybe different bird patterns that they do or areas they like or whatever. But as far as the boat part of it, I mean, like you said, we've pretty much been on or around boats for most of our lives already, you know, so... Operating boat wasn't really an issue. Um, Got it. Yeah, <clears throat> we just Dude, had. A, I we, built a. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I built a boat this year, preparing for the drought. I knew the drought was there. I didn't know, you know, how long it lasts. So I called Gator Tail and I ordered the lightest boat that they made. Um, that way I could navigate the shallow rivers. I had a winch mount put on the front, so I could, you know, winch myself off of sand flats. Um. I knew that I was going to cancel out half the competition, you know, who had outboards. So that that was a, a solid move. Just getting a boat ready for tell us Can you tell us about your setup that you have this year? This year I ran a eighteen no seventeen fifty four Gator Tail Extreme Series True Flat Bottom with the GTR XD forty horse on the back. And I think what made that boat special is whenever I did get hung up on a sandbar, I also had grab bars installed on the front. That way, you know, you got some of the grip to pull it. But where a V-bottom or a not true flat bottom would require four people to push, I could slide that boat with, with one to two people. So the margin of error was way easier. Um, and it just allowed for me to, you know, when you're looking at these rivers, these rivers have very shallow parts in the middle when you got a crossover. Mm-hmm. So navigating at night, in the fog, in the rain, um, mm-hmm. it all looks the same depth. Mm-hmm. But... Some areas is really four inches, and that flat bottom would would survive those shallow those shallow patches. Mm-hmm. So, and then we changed up how we rigged up everything. We have those rig them right bags. I think they call them a refuge bag. Mm-hmm. So every guy had you know weightless two dozen lifetime decoys in a bag. It has a shotgun holder uh, on the side. We don't hunt with any mojo or anything, so we're able to put you know breakfast on the on the other side. And it was a lot of parking walks all season long. And that's part of the reason why we shot 20 gauges, man, because they're so light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're, doing, when you're doing all these parking walks, it's still good to have just a shotgun kind of stuck to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a rear gun box and the gator tail. It's like a bench seat. It's a dry box. That's what we got. Well, yeah. Gator, yeah, so they, gator tail makes a wax canvas, kind of like a, a sheet for their shotgun which means I no longer needed the bulky floating shotgun bag. So I'd pull my shotgun out of that shotgun carrier and throw that on the side of my refuge bag and start rucking it out, man. I've heard crazy stories about the Pacific Flyway using, like, uh, shopping carts and baby carriers and all kinds of stuff <laughs> in these refuges. Yep, yep. <laughs> Couldn't imagine, man. <laughs> baby strollers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's, it's honestly it's God all true. true. And you'd wow. be amazed at the innovations they've come up with. In fact, <laughs> I'm probably going to buy this still, and you'll probably think I'm insane, but it's like 450 bucks. It's what it is. It's one of the a four-wheel uh, deep 
where you can put a bunch of decoys in because um, it just depends. I've used six decoys on Refuge. I've used two decoys, and I've, I've been very successful, and I've used had to try to get wow. 80 out there. But, like, trying to get 80 out there. Another thing is with having a dog, it just adds – it feels like it just adds so much stuff to the stand. And I don't – it's not, but it feels like it. But right. uh, these have four wheels – and what's cool about them is they go, they made a hitch mount on that thing. So you can put it in your hitch and it goes on the back of your truck when you're driving out to the refuge and you don't have to take up the whole bed of your truck. It's, there's some crazy stuff out here for sure. Yeah. And they, we they can only tr- figure out how to get our dogs to carry these things for us. Right? <laughs> I've, been, I've been telling Titus <laughs> yeah. for years to put a, a vest on Rocky and put his equipment on his in his vest. <laughs> like, dude, he's a 90-pound dog. He can carry something. Uh, yeah. No doubt. Put the, mule, put, put the mule packs on him and just have him haul stuff in for yeah. us. Yeah. Dozen decoys. Totally. That's funny, man. He could definitely handle it. That's for sure, man. So... um. You, what was your first boat from Gator Tell? Like back, you know, 10 years ago, what was kind of the setup you bought then? I had to go with whatever they had in the yard, and it was a 1854 center console. Mm. Mm. And I, I ran a center console mud motor for 10 years, man. Oh, wow. So Started did you just get a new up. boat this year then? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. How do you like the center console versus the, um, oh my word, the, the, the name's slipping my mind right now. Uh, tiller handle. Tiller, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so any duck hunter will probably tell you go tiller, but if you know how to drive, then you can really work a center console. And I, I had a lot of hours on that center console. Mm-hmm. So I can keep up with my Arkansas guys. Um, what's more important is flat front or pointed bow, more so than tiller handle versus not. If that makes sense. So you think pointed bow is better or worse? Pointed bow is more versatile if you're going to hit the country. In California, it may not be needed at all because you guys don't have to navigate through trees. Mm. Um, that pointed bow, one, if you get into a boat accident, you're going to have less less impact because that mm. pointed bow is going to kind of deflect you oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Second thing is if you're navigating through the trees and you're trying to get to a hole, um, if you catch one inch of a tree on a point on a, on a square front, you're stopped mm. and you'll get passed up. Whereas a pointed bow to bump your left, bump your right. And you just kind of correct. So that pointed bow and not having one hurt me more than not having a tiller versus gotcha. a center console. Gotcha. Yeah. That, so that gator tail is all about trimming down in the turns, trimming up out of the turns, um, knowing when to gas it, knowing when to get off and you can keep up with those, uh, especially the extreme series. You can keep up with those other boats out there. So, if you're going to go and hunt all three flyways, I always say get into the extreme series with a pointed bow. Center console tiller is up to you. That that console is a Cadillac. I mean, I literally just put my thigh up against the steering wheel and let it roll. Whereas that tiller, if you got a, a good 40 minute run, you can kind of feel it a little bit through the glove after a while. Mm-hmm. But my Louisiana mud guys will tell you tiller all day long because they really like to play in the mud, man. It, so my rule of thumb is if you have a snorkel on your four-wheeler, you absolutely need a tiller. <laughs> Don't even play. Believe it or not, That's there's funny. a lot of them out here that have that, believe it or not, funny. even in California. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. crazy, man. I don't know. what. Maybe they're from back there and they just moved out here. I don't know. But, <laughs> dude, that makes so much sense. So, I honestly, I didn't even know that they made that option with the pointed bow. 
Yeah, for sure. But I guess you're kind of losing a little bit, depending on, like you said, where you're at, you're kind of losing a little bit of storage or stuff you can carry, huh? I think the biggest thing is just like fishing. It, point and ball or no point and ball has everything to do with your platform whenever you're fishing. So it's kind of a, a summer thing. Some guys build, and it depends on how much of a duck hunter you were. My old mindset was, man, I'm only duck hunting 60 days. I'm fishing the whole year, so I'm going to build it like a fisherman would. Mm. Whereas my new mindset is I am crazy about a duck. Therefore, I don't care if duck season was 10 days. It's getting built like a duck boat, mm-hmm. and I'll fish however. Mm-hmm. I'll hang off the motor if I have to. Mm-hmm. So, dude, when I started going on hunts with other guys and tasting waterfowl, I told myself then, I was like, man, you really like this stuff. You can't have it. You got to really dig in. And that's where I started a duck account. That's where I started moving things around. That's where I started preparing <laughs> for duck season. Making moves. My, my duck season started off in November 10 years ago. Five years ago, it started off in August. And now it doesn't end. <laughs> so you're definitely traveling then, that's for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. We started rolling like November 13th. And my last hunt was February 6th. Yeah. Arkansas youth veteran. Yeah. I get it. That's what I'm so, yeah, we, we have the junior hunt a week after our ending and then the vet, they just, the vet hunt started last season and it brought me to later. We don't really do much uh, conservation goose hunting at all. Haven't actually ever done it, but there's so much private property here for that. That's where the birds hang out. If you don't have any, you're just kind of not doing it, but yeah, it was. I was thinking I started out in the end of September this year and went to the second weekend of February. I'm like, my goodness. And I still wanted more. <laughs> I was like, man. That's crazy. I need to be like uh, Ramsey Russell and just travel the globe and hunt ducks every day. <laughs> it's duck season somewhere, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'll be honest, dude. I get tired after that, after, yeah. after February, man. I, I am like tapped out. Yeah. I, I normally don't conservation goose hunt because I'm trying to save my job, see if I still have a job at least. Mm-hmm. Fix my marriage, reintroduce myself to my kids. <laughs> I'm your dad. So the, the, <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, the snow goose wins, but you know that's only the gear up between for, you know for the turkey because you have to choose snow goose or turkey. Which one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, and that turkey, man. Oof. When's your when's your guys' turkey season start? When you say you guys, Mississippi opens in March. I think okay. Georgia opens in April. And we'll oh, be so in you're Montana. traveling. You're traveling then, for sure. Man, we got a big turkey season plan. I'm so nervous about it. Mm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we start, I think the junior starts at the second weekend or third weekend of March, so, but, yeah, 
something roll right into. So I wa- I don't remember what it was I watched recently. I don't know if it was on twenty four seven. I think it was. I don't know if it was Instagram or YouTube or whatever. But I you kind of mentioned it already. But I heard you are the guy that brings the food to the field. And Thomas is definitely one that doesn't let us starve. He brings out the bacon and <laughs> brings out the burner and everything. Are you the one? I guess I heard that does that. Fat boy hungry, man. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> By default. <laughs> I was, I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they're like, man, you're such a good cook. I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell you my secret. <laughs> Write this down. I wait till everybody's starving <laughs> and cold, <laughs> and I give them something that's warm and edible, and they all love it. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. It's got if hungry catch, sauce you, on it. Yes. If you catch me at, at Friday evening, you might not feel the same way. But <laughs> And my, my strong point, man, military guy, I, I can cook anywhere, dude. I got a floating setup, a boat setup, a walk-in setup. And you can keep your pea jerky, man. <laughs> I like to I like to hear a bit of, uh, a little bit about these setups. What's your walk-in setup? My walk-in setup, is I have a small one burner Coleman um, with a pot with the handle cut in half. That way, it could it could fit. Um, and I cook something that doesn't require a butter or anything like that. So I'll get like a, a smoked sausage or you know, something that has its own lube on it. Where I don't have to have that in there. <laughs> And yeah. preferably something that doesn't require seasoning and something that's probably pre-cooked. Mm. And I started going with a little more pre-cooked food because it seemed like every time I pull my pot out, birds start working. So I had to reduce how much time it took me to actually cook. Mm-hmm. And then it also has to depend on who's coming, how, you know, high profile if Titus is coming. I got to pull out the red carpet. <laughs> I got to put Louisiana on you, right? I got to mm-hmm. leave you thinking about Louisiana. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. So if you're just a guy who's been eating my food for a while, and you know, we might do burritos. <laughs> yeah, you don't really <laughs> care. <laughs> well, what's, yeah, the, what's just, the red carpet like? I'm kind of curious. Man, well, red carpet for my little boys is always going to be shrimp and steak. Oh, my no God. Doubt. word. Man. Shrimp and steak. If you if you look at my Instagram, it's, plug myself, at Ricky underscore eight. You will see my little boys. <laughs> Eating steak um, in the in the in the blind man. I, I want them to have an A one experience every yeah. hunt. Yeah, because I am trying to groom right. some little young savages, conservationists, however you want to call it, that are yeah. going to take me hunting when I'm a baby again. Mm-hmm. So, um, so red carpet for them is always going to be shrimp and steak. Um, maybe an egg in there, depending on what the weather is. But for a guy like yourself, if you were coming. And then it's like if we were hunting out of a boat, then I can really, I can really mm-hmm. do it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it depends on how good of a spot I think we're going. If I think we're going to smash them, I'm gonna get some quick food. If I think it's gonna be a slow hunt, the report isn't too good, the scout wasn't too good, the hunts. I mean, that that breakfast is gonna be the highlight. Yeah. So oh yeah. I'll you gotta go compensate. And, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I've I've done everything from like you know deer burritos. I've reheated a shrimp crab and. Deer sausage and eggs too, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Just you name it, dude. Like anything. Do you Smother what, chicken. <laughs> what are you uh, using to cook on in that situation? Do you kind of bring like a two burner or something? The only time I bring my two burner is if I'm hunting out of a boat, mm-hmm. or if I have to be there at like twelve twelve midnight. That second burner is really about coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you got a dial. You ain't joking when you say you got to 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, and then like the, serious, everything, man. everything you're saying is like, oh, it makes complete sense. But oh. I just never thought like all those little tricks that you're saying. And then along with the coffee comes Thomas, the baby wipes. Thomas, make notes, write this down. So whenever out there, right? That's funny, dude. Dude, wipes. So like for example, there's certain like whenever there's low river levels in Arkansas, you can't get on certain refuges until a certain time period. So you have to be, and it's a cut that you can get in there. So if you're the first boat in the cut, then you might have to be there at midnight. And if it's 19 degrees. And you pour your coffee at 11 at night at 19 degrees, no matter how good your Yeti cup is, it's not going to hit the same way you need it to hit at 4, 5, 6 in the morning. Yeah. So that second burner means I'm going to get there early because it's 12 o'clock. I use my burner for heat. I make my coffee at, say, 2 in the morning. And then it's going to still be steaming, you know, at 6 o'clock or whenever I take my victory lap at 7 o'clock and realize that nobody's going to set up on us, I'll do some victory coffee. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's hilarious. But that that's when I do my second burner, man. But that first burner, non-stick pan, um, biscuits, sausage. I figured all of that out. So and it just comes from being hungry, man. I don't not like to be hungry. My daddy fought me in the woods. <laughs> that's the truth. Like you said, it was jerky and some uh uh what do you call those the mountain houses, you know, where you add some hot water in there or something. That's that was a del- that was the main course, but yeah, the sn- yeah. the snacks were. Uh, and Thomas knows I'm. Ter- Thing is, if I was Thomas, I'd be like, you know what? Hey, you didn't want to bring this stuff out here. You're, you're not partaking in this bacon, but Thomas has a has an open heart and always lets me just hands me the bacon. And doesn't say a Dude, word. I don't cook much bacon, man. It, it causes such a mess. Yeah, and it's it's so if you get off of it to go herp and work some birds and come back to it, it might be burnt, grease popping everywhere. I don't do too much bacon. I don't do like round sausage or link sausage. Mm. Yeah. I just thought of another crazy, crazy, crazy thing I learned. Um, what the heck was it? There's a reference to cooking. It'll hit me in a second. Oh, here it is. If I don't bring breakfast and we hunt, when we're done hunting, my guys have one thing on their mind. Let's get into the diner. Yeah. If I bring breakfast and they eat, they can hunt longer and they have energy to scout right after. Mm-hmm. That point. is a game changer. That is a game changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you always think, oh, oh, we'll just run back, grab something to eat real quick, and then we'll yeah, come back and some. scout. It takes way more time than you think it's going to take. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then your load, unload. Even, I mean, I feel like we got really proficient at loading, unloading, and all that stuff. But no matter how good you are at it, it's going to take quite a bit more time than if you just had it basically during the hunt. So, like, whenever, if I am cooking, there's two, usually at least two of us, me and Titus, right? So, I kind of just have to, I have to put it in my mind that if I'm going to make anything, usually it's bacon. Because for me, it's just my my weakness, my love. And, (laughs) And it's... For me, it's not too bad because I just have a little, um, I have kind of really a real small setup that I just put in my dry bag along with the rest of my stuff. Got it. So um, it's basically a little jet boil with a little mini pan. And, Got it. Um, so I have to put it in my mind that if I'm going to go over there and make something, whether it's bacon or uh, a ramen or <laughs> something, you know, whatever it is to warm myself up, like I'm not, I I'm not shooting. So if something comes in, Ty's got a triple, double, or whatever. But I'm not. You know what I mean. So I try to, yeah. I do try to get it, 
basically get it done quick. Or, like you said, the the breakfast it always saves the day when it's like mm. the hunt don't go like you wanted it to. I've never right. not had a smile on my face when you hand yeah. me a piece of bacon, no matter how <laughs> slow it was. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. It, it helps. It helps for sure. I'm taking notes, though, on the tips you had on the, the setups, though. That's for sure. I mean, that Dude, totally nine makes out of Nine times out of ten, I have the, the, the Yeti loadout box. Everything fits in the loadout box. Hmm. And when I've you hunt with that. a good crew, when you hunt with a crew that respects you, your bacon, you always got a guy that's willing to carry the box. <laughs> 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 always. So are yeah. you guys, when you're hike because you said park and hike, I think you said, I don't know if that was the term you used, park and hike or mm-hmm. walk, park and walk. Um, is it through water where you guys can use sleds or is it straight up on your back? It's normally land Okay. for at least three quarters of a mile. Okay. And then it's water. So because it's more land than water, then we won't bring a sled. Mm. So he, he's using the if same it's thing. water, that boat's going in there. Yeah, right, right. Uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of a dumb question. I was thinking like yeah. it maybe if you go over a little bit of land and then back into the water and whatever, but got it. That makes sense. So you said you were using the and I gotta we gotta end this because Tom's getting ready to go to work, but um, I, it's way too short. I wish we we could have talked a lot longer, but you definitely have to come on again. But are you using the what'd you say? What brand you said the Rig'em Right? Yeah, the, one, the, the one for the decoys where you can bag. throw on your back. Yeah, Rig'em Right uh, Refuge Bag. Oh yeah, the refuge bag. I have that one. Yeah, for sure. Uh huh. Gotta have it, dude. That is the yeah. best bag. I'm not affiliated with that company. I'm not like that's just a good bag. Yeah, it is. Dude, what what's the one you have, Thomas? Is that an Avery? You also mm-hmm. have Thomas actually has a really cool one too. That's not you don't really see it marketed much, but it's an Avery bag and it it folds in half because it has two per separate for the decoys, but then it has some other slots and that one. You like that one a lot. I know. Put slot for your gun and all that stuff. It's pretty slick. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a ton of decoys. It's only a, it's a 12 slot. It, you can't shove a ton of decoys like you probably could in that refuge uh, bag. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've used that quite a bit. Works works well. Yeah. But, well, man, tell uh, tell us again where – I don't know if we even got that for you, but tell us where you, we can they can find you, the listeners, and – Anything you want to say before we end this podcast? My name is Ricky Nicholas, and on Instagram, it's Ricky underscore eight. I like to engage with guys. I like to engage with guys about, you know, who are taking the same journey as me, whether it be fatherhood, hunting public land, getting your boys and your sons into it. Um, 24-7 Hunt is the group I'm with, and that's as is 24-7. I'm sorry, 24.7 Hunt. Um, we have a few YouTube videos out there, so... I just appreciate the opportunity to be on, man. I like to, you know, chit-chat with like-minded guys, and I respect the heck out of what you guys are doing in the Pacific Flyway. Thanks, man. That's the um, same for you. And I'm going to tell you I support you because when anybody does what we do, you don't have the most love everywhere you go. But no. we do it for the right reasons, man. Don't yeah. worry about it. And I just want to encourage you guys to keep going. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, conservation will win. So that's why I don't let it bother me. I appreciate that. Yeah, same for you. Same thing, man. I appreciate what you guys are doing. And it's always good to get that encouragement from other people. So Absolutely, you'll be man. coming on if you want to. You're definitely, we'd like to have you back on really soon. I feel like we didn't cover half the topics, but that was, <laughs> that was an amazing conversation. And I know everybody listening is going to love it. So awesome, well, guys, I appreciate y'all having me, man. And y'all take care. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode.